Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. We are continuing today in a sermon series in Ephesians, and if you would, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Our scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, idolaters, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Jody Ann, for the reading of God's word. Um, last week, we talked about, I would say the main point of last week's sermon was reconciliation and to move on that quickly, teaching us how to love one another as believers. So today, as we go into today's passage, we're, we're going to break down how, how we should live our lives as Christians. We will look at how we should live our lives as Christians. So let's look at verse 1. Verse 1 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Verse 2, And walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So when I look at verses 1 and 2, I'm like, what does that mean for us? How? What does that mean for us as believers? So, brothers and sisters, verse 1 and 2 tells us that we are called to model our lives after God himself. We are to act like him, we are to think like him, and we are to love like him. We're also called to love others as Christ has loved us. Now, brothers and sisters, we know that this is no small task. As a matter of fact, I said last week, we are called to a high calling as we were told to walk worthy of our calling. It means we must lay down our own desires and wants and look out for the needs of others. Brothers and sisters, that ain't always easy. Amen? That is not always easy. But Jesus himself provided for us an example 
of how we should love. He gave his life for us on the cross. Jesus knew Jesus Christ, him who knew no sin, became sin so that we might have a right to the tree of life. Jesus is our examples. So, so the question still remains, how do we do this? How do we imitate God? How do we become followers of him? How do we follow after him? How do we love like he loved? It starts, brothers and sisters, with a changed mindset. It means that our mind has to be focused on pleasing God and not ourselves. It means that our mindset has to be focused on serving others and meeting their needs. It means that our mindset needs to be focused on loving others and loving God. So how do we do that? We need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? We need the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes, if truth be told, our brothers and sisters are difficult to love. Amen? I mean, it is so good for the preacher to stand here and tell you that you need to love him when you know he don't like you. Or when you know she really don't care for you. Am I right about this? It is difficult. So we need the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work so we'll know how to love like we should. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't know how to love. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't know how to talk to each other. Amen? And without the Holy Spirit, we certainly cannot love like God loved. Amen? Because his love is unconditional. His love is not based on whether we do or we don't. Amen? Amen. Y'all know how that is. If you love me, guess what? I'll love you. If you don't love me, guess what? I ain't got no problem with not loving you. Amen? That's, that's our natural being because of the fall. You treat me right, I'll treat you right. But God tells us that we need to do good to those that despitefully use us. Amen? If they ask for, our, if they ask for us to go one mile, we need to go two miles. Amen? If they ask for our shirt, we need to give them our coat too. Amen? That ain't our natural being. We need the Holy Spirit. So verse 1 tells us that we need to be followers of God. We're told to look out for others more than we look at ourselves, out for ourselves. We're told to treat them better than we treat ourselves. Look, look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. It's telling us how to live, brothers and sisters. It says this. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as, as improper among the saints. Y'all see that? It says sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among us. That is something. That, that, that ought not even be... When they begin to talk about the church, that ought, not, that ought not be anything that's directed toward the church. Amen? That ought not be directed toward us as believers. Now, Paul was writing to, to the Ephesian church centuries ago. But brothers and sisters, this word is good for us today. This ought not be a named among us. 
This not ought to be spoken about us. So what does that mean? I mean, sexual immorality is almost normalized today. Sex outside of marriage, same-sex attraction, and, 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 and all this other stuff is almost normalized. It's almost this is the way of living, and it's not. Are y'all with me? It is not. Sexual, it's almost like, you know, we, we, we spend all our time talking about sexual immorality and, and sexual impurity. We spend a lot of time talking about it. It's like that those sins have risen to the top of the chart when it comes to sin. Well, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that covenant is wrong too. Oh, he got quiet in here then. Amen. Listen, listen, we can talk about people, people that's, that's falling to sexual sin. We, we can speak on that. But covetousness is wrong. To, to, to want what your neighbor has. The spirit of greed is also wrong. Amen. The, the spirit of greed will cause you to step on folk to get to the top. It will cause you to seek out the power to destroy folk. That's wrong too. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. We don't want to blow past sexual immorality. We don't because it's wrong. Anything that's outside the biblical frame of sexuality is contrary to the word of God and it is sin. Amen? But that ain't the only problem in the world. Amen? That is not the only problem. We talk about not loving each other like we should. Amen? It is real. We got issues. There are things that's happening in this world. So if it goes against the standard of God, no matter what it is, it is wrong. But we as Christians, we must resist the temptation of sexual immorality and any other thing that will cause us to go against God. We must put our trust in God and depend on him for his provisions for us. Amen? Amen? Not not, not some stuff, but all stuff. God is a provider. As followers of Christ, we must hold ourselves to a higher standard. We must protect our hearts and our minds to keep ourselves from falling into sexual sin and covetousness and greed. We must guard our hearts. We must be careful who and what we listen to. Brothers and sisters, we can listen to some stuff. We can read some stuff that will have us all messed up. Amen. Sometimes we listen to stuff and we begin to follow those teachings and those teachings are contrary to the word and the will of God. Amen. We need to guard our hearts. Be careful what we spend our time listening to. So the goal of this verse, so verse 3 is this, to tell us to seek after God, allow him to cultivate our heart and have us to move how he says move and for us to be motivated by God and his love. Are y'all with me today? We are called to be followers. We are called to, to imitate God, to, to, to think like he thinks, to, to act like he, he acts and to love like he calls us to love. Let's look at verse 4. Let's look at verse 4. 
Kyle, I think I'm trying to make up today. I'm not going to be as long as I was last week. Amen. Amen. Brother Kyle tells me every week when I, when I go long. So this week, Tucker, Tucker, I'm not going to be long. So verse, verse number four. Verse number four. Verse four says this. Let there be no filthy talk, no cruel joking, which is out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. This verse is important to us. You want to know why? Because it addresses how we should speak. As Christians, we must be careful with, with our words. We must not use harmful words or engage in foolish talk and jokes. Brethren, that means there ought to be no locker room talk among us. Amen. Amen. There ought to be no locker room talk among us. And sisters, I guess that means no crazy salon chatter. <laughs> you know what I mean. But fellas, y'all know when we go to the barbershop, when we go to the barbershop, we the men, aren't we? We say stuff in the barbershop that we won't say anywhere else. Amen? So I'm just assuming that the women do the same thing in the salon. They tell stories that they wouldn't tell anybody else anywhere else. But God has called us to, to not let that be named among us. Don't let foolish talk and cruel jokes be a part of how we are identified as believers. Amen? We ought not get caught up in that. Brothers, we ought to stand up when we hear something that's out of place and say, brother, that ain't funny. Brother, I don't want to be included in that. Sisters ought to say the same thing. I don't want to be included in that type of talk because that ain't good for my witness. Amen? We are called to be children who are imitators of God as dearly beloved children, as imitators of him. Let there be no foolish talk among us. We should use our words for good and to encourage others. When I was a kid, there was this little rhyme that they used to say. My teacher taught me this in kindergarten. It says, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. Y- y'all, y'all ever heard that before? She, she, was, she would be telling us, don't run and tell me what somebody said about you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. As I become an adult, I realize that ain't true. Amen? That is not true. Sometimes your words can cause more psychological and mental harm to people than actually touching them. So God has called us to never use our words for to, to, to create negativity. He's calls us, he calls us to use our words to encourage, to uplift one another. Now, let, let, let me be clear. Let me be clear here. It doesn't mean that we have to sugarcoat what's true. Sometimes people begin to think that as Christians, we have to sugarcoat and we have to be weak when we speak the truth. No, we're required to speak the truth in love. Amen? So, yes, sometimes speaking the truth, watch this, may not make you feel good. But I'm telling you the truth because I love you. I'm telling you the truth because I want 
you to see the glory that's available to you that's in Christ Jesus alone. Amen? My, my dad told me one time, I grew, up, I grew up in a house where my daddy told me one time, and if he did not, if I did not do what he said, corporate punishment was coming. That's, I grew up in that house. I know that might not be everybody else's house, but that was my house. And my dad always had a saying, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm like, it couldn't. It can't. Because in order for you to inflict pain on me, you are inflicting pain on yourself. And I love me enough not to inflict pain on me to hurt you. Are y'all following me? But as an adult, when I got my own kids, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Brothers and sisters, we are called. We are called to, to, to love one another. We're called to speak the truth in love. My dad would say, I'm doing this because I'm trying to protect you. Hello? I didn't appreciate that type of protection. But as an adult, I look back, I appreciate that. I know we, 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 we are a diverse people in here, and we all have different approaches to, to how we discipline our kids. Follow me here. I'm not telling anybody to go home and do anything that the Word of God don't say do. Hello? But what I'm saying is that sometimes when, when you're showing love, the person that you're showing love to may not appreciate it because they see it as hurtful. They see it as harmful to them. But brothers and sisters, all we are required to do is speak the truth in love. I can, I can honestly tell you that my dad never disciplined me out of anger. He never whooped me. He disciplined me, and he told me why he was doing what he was doing. Didn't make a difference to me at 10. Didn't make a difference to me at 5. Are y'all following me? All I know is he was doing something that I truly didn't appreciate. And so what I'm saying all this is to say sometimes when we're talking to our brothers and sisters, we're going to have to tell them what thus says the Lord. They may not like it. It may be hard. It may be a hard pill to swallow. But we need, we need to speak the truth in love. Let no, let, let, let no foolish talk, no cruel jokes, which is out of place, be, be, be among you. Don't let that be among you. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. So what, what does that mean, let there be thanksgiving? Scripture tells us that in all things we give thanks. In all things we are to give thanks for this is the will of God concerning us. So if there is no crazy uh, locker room talk, there is no crazy, no salon chatter, we, we are to uh, encourage and uplift one another without sugarcoating, but our words ought to point people to the cross of Calvary, and we always ought to be thankful. Our words should be seasoned with grace. 
There's a hymn that I love. It says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Towards grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieve. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. That hymn is called Amazing Grace. It's a great hymn of the church. What this hymn does is it speaks of the power of God's grace to transform sinners and saints into saints, to transform sinners into saints, and the profound gratitude and reverence that it inspires in believers. So whenever we who have been born again Get an opportunity to tell somebody to use our words. We ought to use our words to uplift people. Amen? We ought to use our words to tell people about the goodness of God. We ought to be thankful. We ought to use our words to give God praise. We were once alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We were outside the promises of God. But now, brothers and sisters, those of us who have been born again ought to use our mouth to tell him thank you. Amen? Amen? That's a good place. If you've been born again, you ought to say thank you. Oh, come on, come on, come on. If you have been born again, if you know outside of his grace you were lost, yet that you was doomed for hell, but because he's, his grace resides in you, you ought to tell him thank you. Amen. It's all right. It's all right to tell him thank you. Why? Because we're not who we used to be. We don't do the things that we used to do. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Praise and thanksgiving ought to be in our mouth. Let's look at verse 5 and 6, and then I'm done. For you have, for you may be sure of this, that anyone, uh-oh, this, this is the hard truth right here, anyone who is immoral or impure or one who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. These two verses are a warning. What Paul is saying that if we engage in these type of activities, we are idolaters and we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, we can't expect to live sinful lives and still be welcomed into the kingdom. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there because if, if we are sexual, immoral, we, we, we're tied up in covetousness, brothers and sisters, we are idolaters. So what is idolatry? Idolatry is trying to find your happiness outside of God. It's simply looking for other things to take the place of God in our life. So you know why this happened? It, it, it's because uh, it, it, idolatry finds, it finds its roots in our brokenness. It finds its roots in, in the fall of man, where we look outside of God for happiness. Listen to this, brothers. I'm not talking 
and sisters, I, I want y'all to hear me. I'm not talking works righteousness. I'm not telling you that, that you know, well, you sitting over here and say, well, I'm not sexually immoral. I'm, I'm not sexually uh, 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 impure, and I'm not covetous. Y'all, y'all know how we get sometimes. Brothers and sisters, if you don't know Jesus Christ in the part of your sin, you are lost. Amen? You are lost. You cannot expect to walk into heaven. You cannot expect to be welcome when God returns if you are doing these type of things. Listen to what it says. Now, I want you to know that salvation, salvation is by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ. But listen to me. Genuine faith produces a transformed life marked by obedience to God's commands. Listen, so if we are demonstrating a life that's persistent in sin, that's persistent in sin, brothers and sisters, I would ask the question, have you received them into your heart? I would ask that question. Because when you come in contact with him, Scripture tells us that the old has passed away. All things have what? Become new. Amen? There ought to be a change. There ought to be something different about you. Now, listen to me. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that we become perfect. What I'm saying is that there ought to be a noticeable difference in your life. Amen? I, it ought to be something noticeable, noticeably different about the way you walk, the way you talk. Amen. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say, hey, listen, because brothers and sisters, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to me first. I'm preaching to me first, so I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to us. Amen. Because I need what you get. I have to check myself sometimes. Is that behavior becoming of somebody who, who, who knows him? Is that behavior, is that thought that you're having in your mind, is the words that are about to come off your lips, is that becoming of somebody who's been in contact with the risen Savior? Amen? I want us to think about this. Let's think about how, what do I reflect What do my words mean? Are my words encouraging? Because he's telling us that if we are caught up in this, there is no inheritance for us in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. The warning in this passage is not to scare you, but it's intended to cause believers to live a life that's holy. Instead of, we're not trying to earn our salvation. It's because of our salvation that we want to display who we belong to. Are y'all with me this morning? It's because of who we know. Listen to what last thing. Paul says this. He says, do not be deceived by empty words. So that means, brothers and sisters, nobody can tell you anything contrary to this word, to God's word. I don't care how they dress it up. I don't care how, how, how good they say it. I don't care what people say. I don't care how many people are following them. If it is contrary to the word of God, it is out of line. 
Don't be deceived by it. I saw something, I saw something on, on Facebook where there was a guy, I don't even want to call him a preacher, there was a guy that was talking, and he told people that you cannot go to hell for sin. That's what he said. That's what he said now. Not me. Scripture says the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is what? Uh, Are y'all following me? And listen, listen, people will say some stuff that if you don't know this word for yourself, it would have caused you to say, oh, yeah, because he begins to come back and say that Jesus died for all our sins. Now, is that right? He did die for sin. Oh, he died for sin. But the only way that we are separated from Christ is because of sin. It's because people are living lives of persistent sin. How else is the world going to be able to tell the difference between us who believe and those who don't? Our lives have to demonstrate that we know him, that we have received him into our hearts. So, brothers and sisters, we must stay true to God's word and reject anything that does not align with it. As Christians, we are called to live lives that are pure, holy, and pleasing to God. We're called to be followers of him. We are to imitate him. We are to resist the temptation to fall into sexual sin. We are to resist the temptation to be covetous. We are to be careful with the words And we are to reject any teaching that is contrary to the will of God. Amen? Anything that's contrary. We are called to love one another, to be followers of him, to to imitate him in all our lives, and not let crazy talk come out of our mouths. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have saved us, God. We thank you, God, for being in our God. He promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So, God, we ask that you allow us to live our lives according to your will. We seek your guidance, God. We ask you to help us follow you. We ask you to help us love as Christ loved. And we ask that you give us strength to retain to resist the temptations that are contrary to your will. And Father, we pray that you will protect us from teachings that are contrary. We pray that you will give us wisdom and knowledge on how to receive what's being said. Make it clear, God, that if it's contrary to your word, that we can see it and we can identify it. And help us, God, to point others to you, Jesus Christ our Lord. This we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.